Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history podcast where hindsight is 4040. I'm your host Colette Abdallah, and with me today is my guest Kenny King Jr. Kenny is a writer, podcaster, TikToker, and one of the best follows on Raiders Twitter. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Cliff Branch's induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and why it took so damn long to get him in. So how are you doing today, Kenny? Doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, it was the news that we've been waiting for for a long time, um, probably a couple decades at this point. Yeah. Yeah. so when when you first saw the the I think you saw it coming a little bit, but when you first saw the news drop, you know what what was your first feeling? How did you react to that? So when I first saw the news drop, it was like okay, finally, like this is finally happening. And when it finally happened, it's like okay, we can breathe, right? Now it's like okay, now that now that Cliff is in, we can say Cliff is finally in. It's way too late. It's way past way past due. Uh, he should have been in when he was alive, but at least we can now say. Cliff is in. He's in his rightful place. We get to go see him in 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 August. Get inducted. Hear his bus get inducted. Um, it's just it's it. It also brought in some frustration because it's like this should have been done a long time ago. You know, you look at the guys that are in that are in the hall right now. Lynn Swan, Drew Pearson. All these guys should have been in after Cliff. Cliff had a much better career, much better postseason than all these guys. Um, and so that frustration still is going to linger forever. Yeah, and I know the, the Drew Pearson induction was, I think, last year or the year yeah. before. Uh, so I think it was just before or for Cliff passed. Um, so I know it's it's unfortunate that it happened, you know, after his his death. But, you know, how did how did his family react? Did they have some similar feelings as you did, as the, the frustration and the, you know, the, I guess the bittersweet feelings here? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same kind of feelings. I mean, Cliff was my dad's best friend, so uh, they were really close. And the fact that, you know, my dad wanted to be there to celebrate with Cliff, you know, to, to see, to see the smile on his face, to see him um, get fired up about it. Uh, that's the one thing that he always wanted. Once he retired, his, his whole dream was to be a hall of famer. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he's a hall of famer now, he, he fulfilled his life stream. It just, it, it sucks that it had to happen afterwards. Yeah. And just to clarify, uh, Kenny's dad is, is legendary Raiders running back, Kenny King. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champion uh, with the Raiders, Super Bowl 15 and Super Bowl 18. Um, so the the silver and black runs deep in Kenny's blood. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what what was it that took so long? Was it just anti-Raiders bias? Was it some of the same stuff that we saw with uh, Ken Stabler? You know, what, what do you think it was that, that kept him out for so long? I think, I mean, I think it's easy to say that it's the anti-Raiders bias. I mean, we've seen it with Tom Flores. We've seen it with Kenny Stabler. We've seen it with, with Cliff Branch. We're seeing it now with Lester Hayes and Jim Plunkett. We, you know, we see it with a lot of Todd Christensen. Um, there's a lot of guys that, you know, should have been in a long time ago. A lot of guys that should be in. Um, and I think that the biggest thing is, you know, as the years progress, as time goes on, you're going to have more and more people forget about, you know, some of these players and some of these coaches from before. Uh, And I think that that's one of the things that I like about the senior selection is that, 
you know, they have that opportunity. And it seems like the senior selection is guaranteed to get in almost. Um, but, you know, it, it seems to be like there needs to be more opportunities for people, especially um, if you have a player who who has passed away. I feel like if a player has passed away, then you shouldn't have to wait to find out if they're in. You know, in, a, in the situation of Cliff Branch, his family should have known immediately. We should have had to wait until the night of NFL honors. He should have, their family should have known immediately so they could celebrate that and celebrate his, you know, celebrate his, his legacy with that. Um, but looking at it, you know, the biggest thing I believe is still that Raiders bias, you know, Al Davis pissed off a lot of people in the national football league. And a lot of people hold that grudge. And, yep, yep. You know, there's some people that still hold that grudge against Mark and, you know, we see it, we see it in, you know, in games, we see it with the referees and we can complain about it all we want. And there's some people that say, Oh, it, it happened, you know, years ago, this isn't a, people don't forget the league doesn't forget. And, you know, the, it, the, the numbers are there to, to, to substantiate the fact that it's been happening for some time now. Yeah. And it's, when you look at the the resume, you know, if you remove the Raiders part of it, you look at Cliff Branch's resume and you think this guy is, is a surefire Hall of Famer, maybe even first ballot. He's a three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, he's got 8,600 yards and 500 catches in an era where it was, you know, remarkable for a guy to get 1,000 yards. So, yeah. you know, people can talk about, you know, Raider fans are just kind of bitter, but – it's pretty clear when you see the bias um, for a guy like Drew Pearson or Lynn Swan, you know, they were just as, as good in their era, but it doesn't make sense for these guys to have gotten in before cliff branch for sure. No, you put, you put cliff on the Steelers and he's, he's a first bout hall of famer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, look, and, watch, I guarantee you Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Well, you got Jim Plunkett, who's got, you know, who's got two touchdowns and a Super Bowl MVP, I'm sorry, two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP under his belt and still isn't in. Yeah. And I know, I mean, we, we're going to talk about some of the other Raiders legends and you mentioned a few um, that are not in for whatever reason. Is there other than Jim Plunkett, which is pretty egregious, I think he's the only two time Super Bowl champ quarterback that that's not in yet. Uh, so hopefully he will get in at some point. But is there anybody else on that list that's especially uh, an egregious snub? I think the most egregious snub would probably be Lester Hayes. I mean, Lester Hayes was probably the most feared cornerback of his era. Um, you know, just the, the, his ability to go out there and cover his ability to get his interceptions. Uh, I think one of the things that, that possibly is keeping him out is his use of stickum. But when he was using stickum, it was legal. You know, and we look at Fred Blitnikoff, Fred Blitnikoff used stickum and it was legal and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, another guy who I believe doesn't get nearly the credit that, that he deserves is Greg Townsend. Greg Townsend is the Raiders sack leader of all time and, you know, is arguably a better defensive end than Howie Long. And Greg Townsend is not in the Hall, not in the Hall of Fame. You've got Todd Christensen, who's, you know, revolutionized the tight end position, who's not in the Hall. Um, even looking back at Jack Tatum, Jack Tatum, you know, I believe is probably not going to get in only because of Daryl Stingley. I think if the Daryl Stingley the Daryl Stingley incident doesn't happen. Jack Tatum's a surefire Hall of Famer, but I believe the league is keeping him out because of that. So with, with guys like Tatum and Hayes that that kind of played with a, a violence that we don't see in this era, do you think that's why those guys are, are out? Because the NFL, I don't want to say they're ashamed, but they're trying to cover up some of the, the violence from that era? 
But, you know, the thing, I hope they don't. I hope that's not why, because if you look at guys like Lawrence Taylor who are in, then you have to let everybody else in. You have to let the other guys who were part of that era. That's part of that era. And that's one of the things that that I look at Hall of Fames all around, right? You look at baseball where, you know, they're they're not letting McGuire or Bonds in. And, you know, that's an era. You know, that that era is 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 very particular to each sport. You know, the the steroid era was big for baseball. That, that revolutionized it, revitalized baseball. You know, you look at the hard hitting days of the 80s and, and the 70s and the 60s. That was a different era in football. And you have to remember your history in order to think about the future. So to put these guys in, you need to put them in. I think it's, I think you have to, you have to honor the history of the game and there's no better way to honor the history of the game than to put some of the hardest hitters in the game. Yeah. And, and these guys, it's not like they were out there cheating. Um, they were doing no. things within the rules. And, and it's like you said, you have to honor the the eras that these guys played in. And I always contend that, that, uh, you know, hall of fames in any sport, are supposed to tell the story of the league and the game. And, and you can't tell the story of the league uh, without some of the guys that you mentioned. I mean, Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls. Craig, Craig Townsend won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. He's one of the, the best defensive ends of the 1980s. So, uh, and then Todd Christensen was ahead of his time. I mean, you look yeah. back at this guy's numbers. I mean, he's putting up 2021 numbers uh, in the mid eighties. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to look back on. You can even look at some of the, like all-time tight end seasons, and he just sticks out there. You know, this dude in 1983 has 92 catches and 1,200 yards. Like that's first team all pro now. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, it's like we said. You know, it, it sounds like we're bitter, but it's pretty clear <laughs> that there's some anti-Tar Raiders bias here. Well, it's easy. It's easy to be bitter, man. It's easy to be bitter when when you see the bias firsthand. You know, for sure, for sure. Uh, so let, let's talk about Cliff's place in, in Raiders history. Like what's his, his place in Raiders history and NFL history? You know, obviously we don't have those Super Bowl titles without him, but you know, yeah. what's his, yeah. What's his place in, in Raiders history? We'll start there. I mean, you can't write, you can't write the book of the, the Oakland Los Angeles Raiders without Cliff branch, you know, his, his place as, um, as a player, as a teammate, as a, you know, just as, as a person, um, he, you know, he changed the game. He was somebody who was, who went out there and, and blew the top off of defenses. He's somebody who went out there and was, you know, one of the best teammates that, that anybody could ask for. Um, you know, he was somebody who loved and enjoyed being a Raider in his 14 year career. He was, that was the only team that he played for. It's, virtually unheard of, uh, especially in, in these days. Right. But um, back then you still, it's virtually unheard of. Um, and he was somebody who just revolutionary, he revolutionized the position um, and he embodied what it meant to be a Raider. He's, he's one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Um, you know, statistically, obviously he doesn't have the yards as, you know, as a, a Tim Brown would, but you know, if you look at the accolades, he has, the three Super Bowls. He's got the Pro Bowls. He's got the All Pros. Um, you know, he's up there. He's up there with the greats. I would say that, you know, if we look at just stats, obviously Tim goes number one. But you know, he's he's right there, one A, one B. I would say. Yeah, and it, I think it's it's pretty fair to say that, that him and Tim Brown are up there, like you said, one A, one B. And the yardage totals, those just have to be taken into account. You know, again, with the era that he's playing in, where I think when he led the league. 
uh, in receiving with just over a thousand yards. I think he was the only receiver that year that had over a thousand yards. And now it's, it's almost like a ho-hum kind of achievement. It's not even really an achievement. It's like a a box that you check, like, okay, you had a decent season. You had a thousand yards. Uh, So we're, we've established he is, you know, one of, if not the best receiver in Raiders history up there with Tim Brown, Fred Bilenikov. What about NFL history? Why, why wasn't he recognized for, for the achievements that he did? And why wasn't he given his credit, you know, for being one of the best receivers during that era? Because he's a Raider. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, let's be honest. It's because he's a Raider. People, they like to, they like to sensationalize Lin Swan. They like to talk about, you know, those guys that, that played back in those days, but they don't like to shed good light on the Raiders of the seventies and eighties. You know, if we watch anything on NFL network, if you watch any, um, you know, any of the old Raider shows, it's always, you know, talking about the villains, you know, the, the Raiders being the villains, the outcasts, the, you know, the, the people that, you know, the bad guys. Um, and so you don't really have any, you don't really have any shows or any, you know, media that, that, that highlights, you know, they highlight how good they were, but at the same time, it's, it's like, Hey, they were the villains. And so, you know, the media created this image and this, the media, I mean, the media and still the media created this image of the Raiders and, and of Raider fans to be, you know, you don't want to go there. It's, you know, it's a bunch of people that you don't want to see. You don't yeah, want to be in yeah. a dark alley with Raider fans. You know, people were scared to come to Oakland. Um, and now, you know, now you're going into Las Vegas and and things really change. But at the end of the day, nothing changes. It's it's still the silver and black. You look at Allegiant Stadium, you got this big opposing black stadium in the middle of the desert, um, you know, and so it's we embrace that villain role. And so that's one of the things. If you embrace the villain role, you have to be prepared to take what comes with being a villain. Yeah, and, and even from watching those old NFL films, you can just from the music, the tone, the narration, you know, it's very clear that that the guys in black or silver and black are the bad guys and everybody else is the good guy. And it's like there's this assumption that if these guys are winning, they must be doing something wrong. They must be doing right. something against the rules or whatever, uh, which I mean, it's fair to say that they skirted the the line between, you know, legal and illegal with some of the stuff and the hits. But everything was legal back then. They didn't do anything that was was outside of the rule book. So. Um, so how did, how did Cliff feel about this, this, uh, did he think that there was a bias? I mean, did you, were you able to talk to him about this? Uh, you know? Yeah. Cliff definitely felt there was a bias. I mean, you know, Mark, Mark will talk about it. Um, you know, Mark was Cliff's best friend as well. Um, and you know, he'll talk about it. My dad talks about it. You know, when, when these guys get together, they talk about it, you know, and that's why, excuse me, that's why it's no secret that, you know, that there is a bias. You have, you know, a lot of former players that they'll say it. You have a lot of current players that say, it. you know, there's some guys that are like, you know, we'll see it on Twitter guys are like, well, if that was us, then, you know, we would, we would have gotten this, but no, yep. Cliff definitely felt that there was a bias. Cliff felt that he wasn't getting into the hall because of the fact that he was a Raider. He knew that if he were wearing any other jersey, if he was wearing red and gold, or if he was wearing black and yellow, or if he was wearing orange and, and cream, he would be in the hall of fame. So it's, you know, when you have when you have somebody who knows that, I think that builds that frustration because they know their worth. They know what they should be doing. They know where they should be. And the fact that they're not there, it just increases that frustration. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's one of those things where we have to appreciate and honor our own 
because it's not going to come from, from outside sources, uh, yeah. especially not, not from the NFL, unless it's begrudgingly, like they waited till Ken Stabler passed. They, they waited till Cliff passed to, to do this honor. Um, so do you know who, who's going to be uh, accepting the induction on his behalf? My guess is it'll be Mark. Um, okay. You know, I, I believe it's going to be Mark. I know that um, currently his, I believe his sister and Mark are planning the celebration uh, in August. Um, and I believe Mark is going to be accepting for him, which uh, makes sense. Mark was, you know, his best friend, his agent. Um, he he got kicked out of the house in support of Cliff Branch. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, Mark is the best person to to deliver Cliff into his rightful home in Canton. Yeah, that's a great story. I've heard that one about Mark advocating on, on behalf of Cliff Branch. And Al was like, nah, you got to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> You're I too was close pissed. to these guys. <laughs> Uh, so are there any, you know, particular stories or memories that you want to share about him either, uh, as a player, you know, off the field, you know, my thing with Cliff is, is every time I saw Cliff, he was always smiling. You know, Cliff was, Cliff was one of those guys where I've never in, in my 30, in, in the time that before he passed my 37 years of life, I've never seen Cliff frown. I've never seen him frown. I've never seen him angry. Uh, I've always seen, he's always had this huge smile on his face. Um, he was somebody that, you know, he was, he loved, he loved being a Raider. He loved Raider fans. And that's why he did so many card signings. He'd, he'd be out there doing the signings. Um, you know, he'd be at Walmarts, he'd be at hotels, he'd be, you know, at the mall. And it wasn't about, you know, making the money for him. It was about being around the fans and being and interacting with the fans. Um, you know, Cliff, I mean, he did that until the, until he passed, he was doing a card signing when he, when he passed. Um, and so, I mean, he, he died doing what he loved. Um, he, he died being around the people that he loved. Um, he, you know, Cliff just embodied everything it was to be a Raider and, you know, Cliff's legacy will definitely live on now that he's in Canton. Uh, it's always going to live on with Raider nation because, you know, as you know, and I know we, you know, stories passed down from generation. You know, my dad tells me stories. I tell my kids stories. Hopefully they'll tell their kids stories. And that's how you keep the legacy going. Yeah. I think Raider fans, we we have a a special appreciation for history, especially for that era. I mean, you go to games, you you still, I'd say the majority of the jerseys that you see uh, are of the legends of, of Cliff Branch, Jim Plunkett, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think we do have a special appreciation for that, that era and that history. Uh, so yeah. Any, any final thoughts on, on his induction, you know, anything you want to share? Uh, you know, I know we talked about how you're feeling and the bittersweet nature of it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to go back out to Canton for the, for the second time. Uh, went out last year for Charles and, and for coach um, got to go to their events. It was, it was amazing, um, you know, to, to just be around everybody and to, to celebrate with them. Uh, it's going to be, I think, even more special this time because we're going there. We're going to celebrate Cliff. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot more, hopefully a lot more guys show up. Um, there was a lot of guys that, that weren't able to show up last year just because of COVID um, with things kind of clearing up this year or getting better. I shouldn't say clearing up, but, hopefully trending in the right direction, you know, uh, there's going to be more people out there. Um, but it's always nice to see how Raider nation turns out for events. You know, Raider nation always shows up big time. Um, it'll be exciting to see a lot of people out there. I, I, I find a lot of people that, you know, that follow me on Twitter or whatnot that I get to meet. Um, 
but yeah, I'm just I'm excited about I'm excited about the induction. I'm excited about the ceremony. I'm excited about the after party and and you know what what's to come from there. And hopefully, you know this continues to open doors for for more Raiders. You know, hopefully, you know we see the Jim Plunkets, we see the Todd Christiansons, we see the Greg Townsons, we see the Lester Hayes, the so on and so forth. We see these guys continue to get in. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be like you said, special, even more special because of you know he passed, and so it's going to be even more of a celebration of his life and his achievements um, than you know Charles Woodson or, or Tom Flores, who thankfully are, are still with us. Um, and I think you know all those guys that you mentioned. I think we just we can't we're not looking for validation from the NFL. We know that these guys are Hall of Famers. They're all time greats. They're they're champions. Um, it's just you know it, it's it's not right that they're out of, that they're kept out of the hall of fame. I think that's the important thing to remember. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, anything that you want to plug, um, you know? Yeah. You know, if you guys, uh, anybody listening, you can check me out. Uh, easiest way to find me is, uh, if you look at my website, kennykingjr.com, it gives you links to everything, my podcast, my Twitter, uh, all my social media accounts. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, tell you right now, if you follow me, if it's not for the fan of heart, I do make a lot of jokes. I troll a lot. So uh, be ready for be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all in good fun. It's all good banter. So don't don't be sensitive and crying on, on Kenny's timeline. <laughs> I see a lot of y'all complaining on tiktok about oh you know, whatever this and that so <laughs> oh and also uh I, I can't wait for Derek carr to get that extension because it's gonna happen <laughs> yep yep three years what 40 mil three years of 40 mil a year something like that <laughs> yeah be stay stay mad whatever it is it's it's well deserved oh yeah cool all right man that that's that's all the questions i had uh i didn't want to take up too much of your time no i appreciate so. you man That's it for our podcast today. Thanks again to Kenny King Jr. for taking the time out of his very busy schedule to speak with us about the uh, induction of Cliff Branch into the Pro Football Hall of Fame after so many decades of waiting. You can find Kenny's work primarily on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram at Kenny King Jr. And you can find us, of course, on all the major podcasting platforms and all the major social media platforms at 4040 Vision Pod. Thanks again for rocking with us, y'all. Peace out.